Welcome, everyone. It's Russ Galzo, Chronicles of the End Times. So glad to be with you again. And we are continuing our discussion with Wayne Williams. And we've been talking about the move of God during the 60s and the 70s and how it affected uh, society as a whole. And not only uh, individuals, as we discussed in prior podcasts, but the whole social aspect and the arts and music and books. And so we're going to talk about a little bit of that. It's good to have you here again, Wayne. And uh, what about some of those publications? Some of them were local, some of them were national, uh, but they all seem to be heavily influenced by what the Holy Spirit was doing during that time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to remember that uh, back in 1971, uh, the iPhone wasn't even a glimmer in somebody's eye. That's true. <laughs> you know, um, the the um, the media that we take such advantage of now or take for granted now just did not exist. And, um, you know, we if you wanted to talk to somebody, you called them on the phone and you hoped that they were there. Uh, they didn't even have answering machines back in the day, you know. I mean, so, you know, if, if you think a bit about the context of, you know, of how we communicated back uh, in those days, you know, some people can't even understand what that was like, but that was reality. But along with that reality was the fact that uh, print media was a big thing. Um, You know, I remember down here in the Jersey Shore area, um, there was a uh, publication called the Ichthus. And uh, of course, the Ichthus was uh, from the, uh, was it an anagram or uh, acronym, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, which was the Greek that everybody was thrilled. Everybody thought that since they knew, you know, ichthus, that they knew Greek. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, um, you know, but the ichthus publication was was amazing. It was uh, kind of kept people posted as to events that were coming into an area. It would do articles on... Uh, on different, you know, people in different ministries, how to get involved, where there were going to be Bible studies, where there were going to be concerts, where the coffee houses were. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a neat thing because I remember, you know, when Ichthus would come out, when the new edition would come out, I would, uh, I'd go grab a bunch. And back in those days also, people hitchhiked. And I picked up hitchhikers and I'd give them a copy of the Ichthus and say, hey, listen, if you're looking for anything. And, you know, and it was it was acceptable to talk about Jesus back in the day. You know, people were okay with it. Um, I remember another publication, which was kind of cool, uh, which was kind of a little bit more of a slam on some of the, you know, conservative, more uh, more stodgy uh, Christians. uh, You might be might say is it was the Wittenberg door. Um, which was kind of like a mad magazine of, of the Christian culture. And it kind of, it was neat because it, it, uh, it lampooned a lot of the, um, you know, the, the, the thoughts and so forth that the church had at the time about so many things. Uh, I remember a book that was published back in the early 70s. Uh, it was called The Last Seven Words of the Church. Um, and those last seven words were, but we've never done it that way before. And, you know, and, and, and as we look back in retrospect, you know, there were a lot of churches that were afraid that if they did things a certain way, that they would be compromising their, their stand. And it doesn't, that's not necessarily true. I think through, 
you know, through history, we see where God has used people who have done things a little bit out of the box. Um, And again, the interesting thing about that is the fact that doing things out of the box is usually a sign that the Holy Spirit is involved. And when the Holy Spirit's involved and we can't take credit, that's a wonderful place because, you know, then, you know, it kind of takes that whole element out of the equation of pride and, you know, and and possessiveness and so forth. So, you know, the Wittenberg Door was a great publication to get a lot of really, uh, you know, unique perspectives on things. But it also... It caused you to be reflective. You know, am, am I being, you know, a hypocrite in this area? Am I being weird in this area? Right. And, yeah. um, you know, and that was, it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, but yeah, like I said, there were a lot of good, you know, there was like a Jesus People, you know, newspaper. There was Jesus People Organization USA out in Chicago, yeah. uh, you know, and they had their own publications. There were just, there were just publications all over the place that kind of, you know, popped up. Um, you know, in to kind of keep people abreast of what was going on in 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 the Christian world. Yeah, I think uh, some of that stuff was just so cool, and it just uh, it kind of portrayed uh, what it was then. It wasn't denominational per mm-hmm. se. You know what I mean? Right. It was oh about, yeah. It was about the movement. It was about Jesus. It was about you know, are you living for Him, and uh, what's important and what's not. Mm-hmm. And and it covered all kinds of areas, and nobody was. Uh, worried about well, you know, it's just going to be make sure my prayer meeting gets preeminence and or this and that and the other thing. We just it would just people would just go to different places and mm-hmm. you know, and, and they would glean what what could be gleaned, you know. And the scriptures are clear that you know that we should be uh, like a tree planted by the water and the roots should go down, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and eventually, you know, people would settle. And they would begin to serve, which is important, mm-hmm. important part of discipleship and who we are. Uh, but I think for the attitude of the freeness, you know, got lost. Right. And and that could have stayed. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? That could have stayed. Yeah. That, that feeling of, well, I'm not in contention with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Your Bible is red, mine's black. Uh, you know, uh, do you have this? Do you have that? Or do your church does this? Or my church does that? You know, just there's really too much of that today. You yep. know, and 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 we need to keep that spirit of unity. And I, I love the, you know, John 17 where John, Jesus talks about unity, and he says, you know, may they all be one as Father, as you and I are one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I think that that is the heart of God. You know, because uh, divided we fall. Right. And this is our biggest problem. We <laughs> inner fighting mm-hmm. sometimes between Christians. It's like absurd. You know, we're we lose our perspective, and I think we got to get a hold of ourselves and think a little less of ourselves mm-hmm. and, and a little more of others. You know, that works that way too. Well, you know, it's funny because as you're saying that, you know, some of the music of the time was so profound, but so simplistic. Um, you know, kind of if you were to pick like an anthem of the day. You know, we are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. Yes. You know, they'll know we are Christians by our love. You know, I mean, as that, everybody knew that. Everybody sang that. And, you know, it was one of those things where, along with Amazing Grace, uh, and Amazing Grace, yeah. I mean, um, people would take that and, you know, put it to the tune of uh, House of the Rising Sun. It oh, fits yeah. very, very well. You know, but I mean, 
you know, with some of the some of the old hymns, uh, you know, became uh, standards for um, you know for for the for the theology that was kind of you know kind of taking place that was kind of being grown in the hearts of the you know of the new new converts there. I remember um, what's what's the what I had, I had it on the top of my head just a minute ago um, when the roll is called up yonder. You know, when the trump of the Lord shall sound, you know, there was, and there was a spirit of expectancy that Jesus was coming back in our lifetime. Um, And a lot of the music was written about that. You mentioned a moment or two ago, uh, or in one of our last conversations about Daniel Amos, Um, you know, the second side of the, um, you know, Shotgun Angel album is, it just, you know, it kind of talks about. You know, it talks about that. It talks about the mark of the beast. It talks yep. about, you know, the posse in the sky, you know. And, and and to this day, I still can't listen to that without just getting, you know, moved emotionally. It, 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 it's powerful stuff when you think about, um, you know, the reality. You know, we, we've also talked about, like, Larry Norman, I Wish You'd All Been Ready. As simple as that song is, it's yep. it's the words of Jesus. One will be taken and one will be left. Yep. Um you know, he wrote that back in the late 60s, early 70s, you know, and little did he know back then how somebody like Tennessee Ernie Ford would do it. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, some of these things that, you know, but the, and again, you know, as we talk about just kind of like the simplicity and the innocence of the time, you know, a lot of the music at the time was also just, it was just written out of the heart. Yes. Um I think a little country church by Love Song. Yeah, you know a little country church at the edge of town. You know, uh, long hairs, short hairs, some coats and ties. People finally coming around. Yep. You know, looking past each other for the common good, uh, putting all the past aside. You know, I mean all that kind of stuff. And you know, they just they just came to praise the Lord. That's you know that's the chorus. And you know, it just. Yeah, we get so caught up nowadays in denominational. Yeah, <laughs> you could say it for me. Um, we don't even want to say it. That's I know we don't. That's why, um, you know. But you know, as you look at um, you know the movement or the growth of churches in the 20th century in America, um, a book that I read not all that long ago was talking about the churches are not growing; they're moving around; they're shifting. So it's not like the a number of Christians is necessarily growing exponentially, right. but churches are growing because they're cannibalizing other churches. And, and, and we've alluded to that. One of the reasons that churches fail is because they're giving up on prayer. They're giving up on, you know, the basics. You know, they're, they're, they're compromising the gospel. And, you know, it's just, there's just, there's just so much, there's just so much to it that, um, you know, as, as we look and things that, you know, we, we should learn that apparently sometimes we don't, we don't learn from our past and we are then prone to kind of keep repeating it. That's absolutely true. Uh, history definitely repeats itself. Oh yeah. You know, it it changes clothes and uh, hairstyles, but it repeats itself. Mm -hmm, You can mm -hmm. count on that. Um, the theme of the coming of the Lord obviously is, uh, the centerpiece of Chronicles of the End Times, Mm. the podcast series. And, um, it seems that back then it was just such uh, a feeling of his imminent return. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like any day, any time. Mm-hmm. And um, we see, of course, there there are a number of us, you know, who who still 
you know, feel that way. You know, you feel that way and many, many, many others do. But it, it seems like we're tied up with the world. Mm. And we want to accomplish this. We want to do that. We want to see this happen and that happen. Uh, but we don't realize that there's more to it than me, me, me. Mm-hmm. You know, we see the world coming apart at the seams. Uh, all the things that are happening around us, the storms and the earthquakes and the terrorism and the starving people and the diseases. And, you know, this is what Jesus is coming to stop. You know, and to want to live in this atmosphere as a Christian, I understand, you know, people that don't know the Lord, you know, they don't know any better, really, they're thinking this is, you know, this is life and it goes up and down. So what? But as a Christian, you know, we should be yearning for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, may thy kingdom come and I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A prayer that we've, you know, whether you never went to church in your life, most people know, you know, um, so we want that will to happen on earth. The only way that's going to happen is when he comes. Right. You know, we're not going to populate the earth with Christianity. That's not going to happen. It's not even biblical. <laughs> you know, I mean, the word will go out. But, you know, uh, many are called, a few are chosen. It's, it's a harsh words, but they're they're true words. And right. we can look around and see that. But um, the time in which we live, uh, Jesus talked about in the days of Noah. So, you know, how does that compare? What, what do you think? How does that compare with, you know, uh, the time in which we live and when Jesus was talking about the days of Noah? I mean, it, it's uh, it's staggering, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, and the other thing, too, is, you know, when when you when you think about the days of Noah, you think about the wickedness that was taking place back then that would cause God's heart to be moved to flood the earth to basically get you know kind of start with a new creation in a sense with Noah and his family and 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 the critters you know um one of your books you write why the mosquitoes but we'll let that one slide (laughs) um you know but um but that's the kind of thing when and and you know 20 30 40 years ago some of the things that we're dealing with on a regular basis today culturally we could not even have imagined back then if somebody had said, you know, this was going to happen, we would look at them like they had two heads. Right. But, you know, Scripture tells us, Scripture warns us that this is going to happen, that there are going to be, you know, people that, I mean, we look at Romans, we look at the, uh, you know, Romans 1, you know, the things that uh, are, are in, in essence an, an abomination to God. Yeah, I was you just know. reading that this morning. Okay, there you go. And it's just, you know, it's it's almost like um, some people put that on their resume. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. Very, you know, it's sad to say, but, you know, these are things that, you know, now what we're trying to do is now we're trying to, uh, as a culture, uh, do as much so that we can, you know, either legislate that everything that, is in Romans 1 becomes legal, you know, right. or somehow accept it. And, you know, and the church gets kind of caught up in the trap, I think, because the church gets a bad rap because as they stand for God, um, it's often misinterpreted that they are standing against um, sinners, per se. Okay, the, the, the fact that... Um, it, you know, the old adage, you know, well, love the sin, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. 
But, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, there are people that I know that uh, that are not believers. They shouldn't be expected to live as believers right. because they're not, first of all. Um, but that does not negate the fact that I should love them. And I should love them with all my heart. I should love them with the heart that Jesus has, would, would be loving them. Um, and loving them doesn't necessarily mean accepting their lifestyle, you know. Absolutely. And, and there's a way to be able to convey that. And I must say that, you know, um, I, I've been very fortunate. God has been gracious in my life that, you know, I've been in situations where, you know, I've had relationships with people that uh, where we, we disagree. We know we disagree. Right. But we're still very good friends and we understand you know and they understand where i'm coming from they know that i don't condone whatever it is they may be doing and they think what i'm doing i'm an idiot (laughs) but it's but you know but it's 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 still the fact that you know i'm able to demonstrate god's love and sometimes god uses that to kind of make a breakthrough right you know and i think that that's the thing that we lose sight of we lose sight of the fact often that our relationship with God, our Christianity is is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if somebody's not responding to us, you know, do we give up on them? No. Did Jesus give up on us? No. Thank you for being with us for episode three of the Jesus Movement of the 60s and 70s. Next episode, we're going to be talking more about the music of the day. We also want to say that all of you that have been listening to our podcast on a regular basis, uh, we've just hit the 40,000 mark, 40,000 listens, and uh, I'm so glad that so many people are enjoying it. And the podcast coming up when we get back to our normal broadcast is going to be to Revelation chapter 13 as we continue our study in that incredible book. To all of you, God bless. Till next time, keep looking up. The King is coming.